Ah, oh, good morning. So, um, might feel a little late now, but I'd also like to welcome you to this November retreat. I'm sorry I couldn't be here the other day, and um, I, I was sad to miss the opening. So there's a kind of ritual aspect to it where we kind of all begin together and move together. Um, I wish you all a, a a rich and insightful and um, kind month or two weeks or longer, however long you're here. And I look, I do look forward to being part of this with you very much. So I have some reflections this morning. I'm still recovering. I have a, had a heavy cold. Um, I have some cough sweets here and some hot water. I don't think I'm infectious anymore, so. Um, but uh, we'll see how my voice holds out, and how my how how how, <laughs> how my mind manages as well. You know, when you're sick, sometimes the mind isn't so clear and bright. Um, so. I'd like to offer a few reflections. Um, Kirsten, Christina, and Jan, I probably told you, but these first few days will offer, in a way, some of the basics or at least reflections on Satipatthana a little bit. And they said to me, your job today is to talk about breath and body, that small topic in Dharma practice. Um, <coughs> excuse me. As soon as I mention breath and body, it starts to remind me. It's not an abstract thing. It's very real uh, for us. So you all have a lot of experience in Dharma circles. And I thought, I'm not going to try and cover all the basics this morning at all. Um, you know them. And if you want reminding of them, which I think is really good for most of us all the way along the path, then please use the talks in the library to look at specific elements of Satipatthana, um, search through subject title or place where you think, oh, I could really use some more reflection on the four elements or mindfulness of breathing or um, you know, whatever it might be. Please use that uh, facility. <coughs> I thought I'd try and do a cup, couple of things this morning um, and we'll see how it goes. Um, I brought the, trans the Bhikkhu Bodhi translation with me and I thought I'd read it some of it to you of the of the um, first foundation of mindfulness, and reflect a little bit on how we can know breath as breath and know body as body. How is that knowing given to us? Um, and a little bit a reflection on knowing through the sense faculty of touch, right? that body and breath are known 
not by observing them. They reveal their secrets, they um, unfold as a process, not through uh, a lofty observing of them. Some things are known well through observing, through seeing, through getting some distance, through um, the metaphor of seeing clearly. Right? We want this skill in practice, absolutely, to be able to kind of sometimes literally rise above and look at something from different angles. We want that skill. And it's a skill that many of us um, are trained in, not just in spiritual fields, but in our academic um, fields as well. And it's a beautiful gift. But in terms of body and breath, the analogy of touch um, uh, is more accurate. A body unfolds itself, reveals its secrets, is known, and will give you more of what is knowable about it if we touch it in the right way. So I'm not doing away with the analogy of seeing. Seeing is beautiful. And it, of course, will be part of this. Seeing is excellent for being with certain kinds of emotions, you know, so we can get some distance, so we can get a, a bigger view. But I'd like to explore this morning touch and how you are with the realm of touch in your practice. So let's make it visceral right now. Touch is very visceral. Right now. And whether or not your practice right now is about Satipatthana um, or Samadhi or you might be doing a different practice, that's okay. But whoever you are, wherever you are, the realm of um, body, we can't get away from it, can we? It's here. It's here. At least until we die. God knows what happens after that. Right. And if you're interested in any of your realizations being made real in your life, coming into action, then body is the place of action. Body is what carries our insights into the world. So I think this is pertinent for, for everybody. So right now, letting yourself find your seat where the Buddha first invites us to take your seat. How much right now are you willing to yield your weight to the contact points of your backside with the carpet, with the mat, with the chair. Don't make this abstract. How much right now are you allowed to be a mammal, a fleshy, sensitive, pulsing, alive, 
maman. Who can yield his weight to the earth, surrender to the gift of gravity, and how about this? Can you nozzle in? Can you let your backside, your sit bones, your flesh nozzle down? Nuzzle in to the greater body of the earth below. And if not, what's in the way of that? What's in the way? Is it that the attention has a habit of just coming up? Many of us will, our attention will have a habit of coming into the head center, the frontal cortex, the ocular center, the eyes. So, so sometimes it's a matter of switching channel and learning how to switch channel. Remember, practice includes a training of attention. And our attention has habits. All of us, our attention has habits. We will have trained our attention in certain ways because we have valued that or because we've been forced to by circumstance. So sometimes it's a question of value. We in a modern culture value very much often the um, forms of knowing that are higher and literally higher off the ground, right? The further away from ground coming up to the eyes and the head and the brain. This is highly valued highly centered around as a way of knowing. Beautiful, many, many gifts in that, many gifts. And in this I'm not artificially separating touching from knowing and cognizing and seeing, but I want to highlight it because it's often overlooked really as a very valid pathway of knowing with an intelligence that sometimes takes longer to read than the bright, self-declarative, sharp-edged, precise knowing that can come through the head. So sometimes it's a question of value. Do you value? And maybe you really value it, but it needs training. Maybe you really value right now the invitation to have your buttocks nuzzle down into the earth. Do you? Or is there a distaste? It's like, ugh. Because for some of us, it's not just about a preferencing 
for the mind or the brightness or the brilliance. Sometimes it's been through um, pain or knocks in the body or intrusions on the level of the flesh where we have had to rise above, forced to move away because it was too much to bear. So for many of us there is a healing in learning this channel right now, practicing. I invite you, I give you the um, instruction again. And if you've already gone, (laughs) if you've already gone, oh no, no, I'm doing this other cooler practice. I just invite you back to question, because to be free to question, I saw that was the title of last night's talk, are you free to inquire? To be free to inquire, we have to be not compelled in a particular direction, right? We might think we're free to inquire, but not really until we know the bases of where our attention habitually moves away from and where it habitually moves towards. Right? Freedom is about not being compelled. And if, as I offer this instruction of nuzzling your backside into the earth, if you are propelled like a springboard away from your body, then isn't that interesting? (laughs) Doesn't that give you some information? Doesn't that make you curious? Not that you have to suddenly sentence yourself to forever feeling your backside, but to be curious, how free am I to know in ways that I don't already know. So I offer you this instruction once more. Very basic, isn't it? It feels very basic. Some of us might have a view, it's not very spiritual. Again, this is very often because these so-called lower senses is how they have been hierarchalized in um, certain philosophies and understandings. The lower senses, they're lower. Lower isn't usually better um, in a a sort of modern hierarchical view. Lower because they're a little further away from the top of the control tower. They're a little closer to earth. They're a little more materially based, it seems. Less etheric, less bright, less fast, less declarative. But if our practice is um, propelled at all by compassion for ourself or the world or both, then getting lower comes from compassion 
out of seeing the pain that comes from only being able to rise above for all the gifts it has given us. All the gifts, but also the alienation, also the loss of belonging, also the peculiar relationship with matter and the earth. Out of compassion, we're willing to get dirty. Messy. The heart, we could say, excuse me, <coughs> the heart. knows in many ways and one of the ways the heart knows is through the sense doors all of them including touch, sight, smell taste, hearing mind but right now looking from the perspective of touch the heart knows through those six senses in a way running back that the contact of those six senses running back to the heart so that she, he, it can know directly, intimately and be the interface of inner and outer. So in Satipatthana, in the foundation, first foundation of mindfulness, I keep saying I'm going to say that exercise again, aren't I? That nuzzling instruction. I haven't. You can nuzzle whenever you want. Nuzzling is always good. When the when the Buddha took his seat, you know, and the story is Sajata, isn't it? And she, um, I can't remember which order it happens in, where she offers him the milk rice, but he has decided anyway to... To, to go the easy route and get a nice cushion to nuzzle on. Right? He's been in the ascetic practice for some time and um, he gathers or he finds this little place where he sits where there's a little bit more straw. There's a little bit something to cushion his, his probably very skinny bum at that point. <laughs> right? Just that settling in, that taking the seat, that metaphor, that Yes, yes, I'm a, also a mammal here. And mammals... Oh, I'll give a talk about mammals on another day. <laughs> mammals are of the earth. They know their belonging. We know our belonging. Partly through letting our physicality find its way back home. So in this part, in the Satipatthana, what was I talking about? This is where the... This is where the, um, the fog of the cold is kind of just covering up that little entrance I was in of the thought. It was about... 
Um, anyone know where I was going with this? <laughs> we can do it together. It was before I was going to offer the exercise again about the nuzzling down. Oh, yeah. Huh? I was definitely going to read something. That's right. I've got the book here. I'm just wondering what part I was going to read. Ah, oh, yes. The heart. That's right. The heart is this interface of inner and outer. So you, you probably all know this piece, but I want you to hear this again from this perspective of the possibility of touch um, and ourselves as an organism of interface, of inner, inner and outer. So he has just gone through the section, or in the, in the way it's written up, he, the section of mindfulness of breathing, <coughs> which I may or may not read. <coughs> um, and, it, yeah, I'll go to the insight section. It says this. In this way, he abides, contemplating the body as a body internally. Or he contemplates the body, he, he, he abides contemplating the body as a body externally. Or he abides contemplating the body as a body, both internally and externally. Both internally and externally. It's not abstract. You can make it abstract, and that's beautiful. You can conceive of the inner and outer. That's fa fabulous. But right now, contemplating body as a body, through body, through sensation, the body is known through sensation, I invite you to breathe out and yield Yield to the fact of body. For all that it may have been painful or not being the one you wanted. Or increasingly becoming the one you don't want. <coughs> Yield. Yield your weight right now. Are you willing? to practice what it might mean to let the flesh of your buttocks soften, your hands spread out, your out-breath take you further into earth, earth. And can you let yourself feel the support of that earth? She is there. It is here. Sitting, you are sitting as earth sitting on earth, as earth. And this is, as you know, a reflection from the Buddha, to know body, 
through its elemental nature. But right now, make that very tangible, very visceral. And if that's difficult for you, if your attentional habit is to come right up, don't try and drag yourself down. For some of us, it is years before we value earthiness, before we have the resources to come into body, depending on our history. Don't drag yourself down to your sit bones. Another way of imagining it, usefully I find, is instead imagine your awareness um, more horizontally all around you, like um, a big circumference of a huge circle lying flat on the earth around you with the hub, hub of the spokes of that wheel at your belly center, right? And all those spokes radiating out like radials from your belly center. And you can have your awareness further out, wider. Breathe there. Don't try to locate yourself tightly in this little envelope of skin called you. Let yourself be spread out wide. Wide, wide, wide. And from there, from that wide awareness, that more peripheral gazing, from there, let your own body come to the foreground, at the center of that hub, of those spokes, of that wheel. You're rising out from nature, as one of my teachers says, as an outcrop of nature. Can you rest? Or is it too indistinct for you? Do you need something more precise, more sharp, more bright, more declarative? And if you do, you can come to the breath in the belly, at the belly center below the belly button. Let it become crisp. Give yourself a focal gaze. Coming close to find your way to touch, but find it. Abiding, contemplating body both internally and externally. right now. And how do we know body internally and externally? The Buddha invites us to know sensation. He gives us a framework, he gives us a mesh, a scaffold to help us navigate this slightly amorphous um, territory of body, of sensation. Thoughts declare themselves. Sensations kind of meander and kind of, you know, they don't go, they, unless it's pain, 
They don't announce their truth in such sort of um, sharp ways. So he gives us a framework, ways of contemplating that allow us into this less distinct, more diffuse territory that we might overlook. And one of the ways he does that is through reflection and then direct contemplation of the body through the elements. So right now, again, not abstract, not rising above. Can you know earth as earth? What does that mean? That means, can you feel the weight right now of your right arm hanging? Can you let that right arm hang and the left arm hang? The way they hang. And there is so much to know about body before we go into our issues or what we're working on or anything else in our practice. Can you hang? <sighs> that weight of the bones here right now. Even if right now your perception might be very sensitive from your practice or refined, can you tune to a denser perception? Weight, hanging, contact of the earth, nuzzling the backside in. Use this framework. Because it slows us down and it slows down the mind's wish to get everything wrapped up and understood. And even that beautiful gift of wanting to dive deep and penetrate and see clearly and look into and slows us down. Makes us humble. Let's the heart come back online. Because sometimes in our bright seeing, we might forget the humility of being earthy creatures. That this breath is given and this breath is taken away. Can you know this element of air, of movement right now? This is the other element. <coughs> One of the other elements to know the movement of the air element. Can you know it through touch right now? Slow it down. Turn your channel to breath. Tune your radio station to breath. Can you let your body be breathed while it still can? Can you feel how you're touched? You know the breath through touch, not the touch of your fingertips, the touch of your inner viscera, your inner visceral knowing. Your breath is given to you and you are shaped. Can you feel that? If you let your breath be a guest, a temporary guest, 
Can you see right now and can you feel as you see that your form is shaped, you are given shape, your clay is molded and animated and given shape through your in-breath. And if you can marvel in reverence as your in-breath comes in and gives you shape right now, You are being breathed into existence in this moment. It's not yours. And as the out-breath leaves you, you know it through touch. The shape changes, your form changes. You become less distinct, probably more diffuse. The mind state changes, the quality changes. Your breath is relinquished. What would it be to know body as body through the breath, through the humility of the heart? Who knows, as she straddles between the earth and the heaven, between what is below and what is above. How would you attend to knowing breath as body through touch right now? If you didn't imagine you had a whole month to do it, we want any practice to go deep and to make a difference. Then we are well advised to practice. I'm going to give you some of the classical language. I think it's really helpful. These two factors, uh, two factors of... uh, Attention, vitaka and vichara. 
vitaka is the capacity of the mind to point to what it's attending to. So in the case of sensation and body, we give ourselves the task of walking meditation, let's say. And I'm going to attend to the sensations of my souls on the earth, for example. Vitaka brings our attention there, it's pointing, gives us a frame for, my, for where I'm going to place my attention. This is in the frame, feet touching the earth, other things aren't in the frame right now. That's my deal with myself. Vitaka. Good. Vichara is then the learning how to linger there. To fondle, to hang out, to get a felt reading of the foot, of the sole of the foot, yielding its weight to earth. The whole spread of that, the feel of that, the sensations, the weight, the air, the, the spaciousness, the viscosity, the hardness, the heat. All of the ways that we can know sensation. Lingering. Vitaka, beautiful, pointing, brilliant. Yes, this. But on its own, it's not enough. Our attention will bounce away. It's a skill to learn to linger with sensation. To linger with what we're bearing in mind, what we're mindful of, what we're deciding is our topic of mindfulness. That takes a kind of training because our attention will follow its attentional habits, which for most of us will be back to thought or um, you know, off wherever it is, thinking about interesting philosophical things, even, you know, whatever, whatever it might be, worrying. Lingering with sensation, getting a felt read of that foot, leaving it long enough on the ground so that not just your head but your heart and your felt reading through sensation can come in and know it, reverent, interested, slowing down. Because it's right there that our, whatever insight we have, can take root in a deeper soil. We literally make the soil more, m more available for the seeds of understanding to go very deep. So please, I'm sure you all know this, but I think it's really worth hearing again and again and again. Vichara. What does that mean with your breath? Vitaka points. Yeah, I'm going to be attending to breath. Breath in the whole body, perhaps. Whole body breathing. Yeah, wide sense of awareness, maybe. That's my deal with myself. Vichara. I linger. I learn how to pause. I learn how to read sensation, to value it, to pay homage there, to let sensation touch me just as I touch the breath. So that this lingering is like a relational practice with touch, with the analogy of touch, we don't remove ourselves. It's very intimate. 
with vichara, it's very intimate. It takes practice. Can I station my attention with the body? Can I sense those ripples and pulses? The pain, the pleasure, the neutrality, the spaciousness, those echoes of space in the body, echoes of my origins as a little embryo enfolding around space, these, these uh, almost two-dimensional ring of cells enfolding itself around space and all of the organs developing in there, through there, all the echoes of space that I can sense right now in the chest cavity as I breathe, in the space between the ears. Can I linger? Can I linger with the elements? Can I learn to pay homage here? And a really simple way to practice this is to attend to how you are with the touch of your fingers throughout the whole retreat as both a practice and an expression of your willingness and valuing of knowing through touch. And that might be the way, you might have a practice, I have taken it on as practice in long retreats, different forms of touching practice. And two that I've used are making a deal with myself that I will attend particularly to the way that my fingers take hold of the doorknob on any door in Guy House doorknob or push if it's one of the pushing kinds how am I how am I there Vitaka this is my deal with myself Vichara doesn't mean you have to kind of massage the door for hours and while all the other yogis are trying to walk, walk through. You might want to do that on your own sometime. We won't worry about you. Right? But seriously, you know. It can be such a beautiful thing. You can linger long enough to let that touch of your palm of your hand inform you right back to your heart. You know, the hand is like a direct extension out energetically from the heart here. You can feel that sometimes if you touch someone you love. And maybe you can be that one that you love as you touch yourself. Really making this valid. And the healing that might be there in the grief of not having related to yourself that way or not had enough of being related to that way. There's a healing there for, for most of us. And the other deal I had with myself was the way I would, being quite untidy by conditioning, I was going to say by nature, but I'm not sure it's really by nature. <laughs> 
um, to fold my shawl at the end of every sitting. I used to just sort of leave it in a heap, which is fine. That might be your practice. You might need to learn how to let go into heaps. I didn't. <laughs> so I would take a, as a practice the folding of my shawl at the end of a sitting. It seemed so completely useless because I was going to be coming back in half an hour. Just leave it. Or my impatience that would have me just want to do a deeper, more interesting practice. Folding the shawl, the touch, that kind of care that kind of expression, that kind of lingering, that kind of valuing. We're waking up actually, you know, in all the best end stories, it happens in the kitchen or something, doesn't it? Right? Right, that kind of lingering, that kind of vitaka, that kind of vichara, sensing. And practice sensing. I had a group of people in Twickenham on Saturday practicing at the end of the day, intimate sensing, intimate touch, with themselves, with whatever they wanted to touch, intimate here, you know, whether they go out to the tree bark, and I know some of you do this, but to really legitimize that, you know, what is your heart attracted to touch with the deal that we're not going to be touching each other, right, that's an important parameter here, but that where our heart is attracted to know through touch and really explore that sense again, blindfold, eyes closed if you like, really let the touch sense come to the foreground because playing with it through the hands, um, you know, we might think, oh, this looks childish, this is what kids do. Yes, it is. They're developing ways of knowing. But to really have that then, the inform then the way that I am with breath the way that my foot touches the earth. It's a direct correlation. How you touch the doorknob with how you attend to breath and body. Inner and outer. Empty. Same touch. Same homage. Or same disinclination. So, thank you for your practice. Thank you for your care with... Um, with body for all of our benefit. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.